0: all right all right and welcome oh that was an abrupt ending welcome to the wicked awesome podcast first time i've done one in a couple weeks or if not more and tonight is going to be a movie podcast, movie review podcast of two movies that were from my childhood and liked them at the time, really liked them at the time and rewatched them to see if they do indeed stand the test of time. Joining me is my friend and classmate from the Mount View class of 1989.
1: Something. Oh, come on. <laughs>
0: uh sandy welcome sandy
2: thank
1: you hey for matt doing. how are you
0: <laughs> i'm doing well so you got to your motel room okay huh i did that's good
1: that's i did good. yeah Port so Lane. what almost back to portland uh,
0: are you going back to portland tomorrow
1: yes i'm gonna finish the drive tomorrow i've made it as far as idaho
0: you're in idaho i see so how many more uh how many more hours do you have
1: Six and a half, I think.
0: Six and a half. Yeah. Wow. Not bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you're used to this type of thing, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Away.
1: Since the pandemic, I've driven back and forth. Uh, this is my second round trip to Kansas.
0: <clears throat> oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. So typically you take a couple days to get back and forth. It's,
2: uh, yeah. You-
1: it's, it's a 27 hour, 28 hour drive. So I break it up.
0: I see. Yeah, which is smart. Good, good. Well, I'm so happy that uh, you agreed to do this, and I'm looking forward to it. Welcome, Father Brian, Lady Rebecca. Good to see you in here. It's been a while. Uh, Yeah, so I was thinking we could start with The Lost Boys, if that's okay with you.
1: That works.
0: Yeah, I'll just tell a little bit of background of uh, my history with this movie, and then I'll let you... Uh, go to town with uh, whatever sure. notes uh, you have but I have a um, I tend to remember almost everything but I, I'm having a hard time remembering the first time I saw this movie. I know I, I never saw it in the theater but I do know it came out on VHS tape. I almost like the first time I saw this was with our friend Dallas because he seemed to have uh, a lot of movies back mm-hmm. in the day, and I watched a lot of movies with him, so I think it was him, but I can't remember. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie?
1: I also saw it on videotape with uh, my then-boyfriend Jim Lowry.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that guy.
1: Yeah, I long remember. time ago.
0: Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. I wonder where he is now. Do you know where he is?
1: I have no idea.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I've lost. I I don't think I I think I saw him like once or twice after high school. And yeah, so it's probably been 30 years. It's interesting. Time flies. Time flies. uh, It does fly. But I do remember really liking the movie. Um, Jason Patrick, I wasn't familiar with back then, of course. It it had a really good soundtrack, I I thought at the time, and I was into music, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, and I thought the main actress was kind of cute, and I wasn't, I was at an age, at 17, 16, 17 years old, where I was really scared of horror movies, and I didn't watch many, and this was one of the few that I could watch and still uh, uh, sleep at night. So that's what I kind of remember about, uh, the lost boys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It was at the time, it was one of my favorites that I had seen. Um, I was, I was always into the whole horror thing. Um, I liked all of the, uh, nightmare on Elm streets, Mm -hmm. um, the Halloween's all of that. Um, so this one, um, you know, Jason Patrick, incredibly good looking guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Jamie Gertz I'd liked her from she was in a TV series a long time before um, I think it was called square pegs or something yes um, yes so yeah that this movie at the time I, I really enjoyed in re-watching it um, some of the things haven't really uh, held up as well on the special effects but given the time frame um, it was a good vampire movie at the time it was kind of vampire light if you will what?
0: right 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 it's uh, interesting how vampire movies were made back then compare or just the whole vampire genre true blood did it well but i only got into three seasons of that really liked it and then they introduced the werewolves and that's where they lost me i'm like no nope, i'm done i'm done i'm done i want to watch vampires damn it i don't want to watch werewolves what the hell is that and of course, all the werewolves. They
1: go hand in hand in the lore, so.
0: I guess they do. I guess they do. And maybe it's my uh, naive, uh, my uh, numbness. There you go. There's a main term for it. It's my numbness <laughs> it's about. A well, I'm a numma, Yeah. Maybe I'm just kind of numb when it comes to. Uh, The vampire uh, lore, if you will. So if they go hand in hand, I didn't know that when I watched it. But then it's just like, oh, how can we add more hot guys to uh, True Blood? So, oh, we'll make a bunch of werewolves and we'll make sure they're human form. They're really hot. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, you
1: know it's good eye candy. <laughs>
0: it's good eye candy, and that goes both ways. I mean, my it female does. friends do say that to me. Now, think about all the movies that you like that have beautiful women in them, and they're not always great actresses. So you can't, you got to let the ladies have some uh, some eye candy there. Absolutely, uh,
1: yeah. Father Brian. Absolutely, Alcide, all day.
0: <laughs> Who's Alcide.
1: He was one. He was the the main werewolf. Um, oh, okay. he's married to uh, Sophia Vergara now. Ooh,
0: yeah, She's, yeah. She's yeah. pretty yeah. hot too. Yeah, she is, and the, he's hot. So there you go. Hot people
2: should sure <laughs> together.
0: There you go. Good, and they're going to have hot kids, and all <laughs> that, you know, and I'm sure their pets are good looking too. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So going back and uh, watching this movie. I had forgotten all about uh, what's he, who's he being in this movie? Uh, Jamie Kurtz, right? Is that her name? Kurtz. Yeah, Jamie Kurtz. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's interesting. She was in this and she was in less than zero, which mm-hmm. wasn't a great movie. Really good soundtrack, but wasn't a great movie. But I had forgotten that she was in that. I just remember her from like uh, being a guest star on Seinfeld. She was on. Oh, yes. The uh,
1: Can You Spare
0: a Square? (laughs) Yeah. Can You Spare a Square episode? Exactly. Very (laughs) good. Very good. And she was also on a show that I watched that was maybe ran a season or two on CBS that was called uh, Still Standing, uh, where Mm -hmm. that was back when the king, you know, it was the time of the king of queens where they paired up an attractive woman with this sloppy, bald, chubby husband.
1: Uh, Oh, yes.
0: It was one of those those kind of uh, uh, shows. But anyway, so I remember her from that. Uh, an attractive woman, um, come to find out, her, she married a entrepreneur and they owned the Atlanta Hawks basketball team together. So that's what she's
1: been so, doing. So she's doing well.
0: Yeah, she's doing very well and uh, good for her. And when the vampires, when the boys who are vampires first start appearing, I... I had forgotten that uh, one of the Bill and Ted guys was uh, one of the vampires. And he, the I Bill and Ted too. guy that's not Ke- Keanu Reeves, uh, Alex Winter.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, I had forgotten that. And my notes on it, basically, I, I expected it to start out that I was just going to notice all kinds of mullets, like 80s. Hairstyles, mullets. Now they do have mullets. Uh, all the vampires appear to have uh, mullets, but it took me a while to notice that they had mullets. The first, the first real true '80s kind of stylish thing that I noticed was Jamie Gertz's hairstyle. She had a total '80s girl hairstyle, like Oh yes, that. the big hair. The big hair, yeah, and. And she pulled it off well. And I, but when I first saw it this uh, this time around, I, I kind of chuckled a little bit, because you know, I in the day I thought that was really hot, and uh, <laughs> we all did, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, all those senior pictures with the big hair, you know, they kept Aquanet in business for uh, those years, definitely, uh, so, absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. I also um, noticed some of the fashions. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Corey Hames' wardrobe in particular was very, oh, yeah. very 80s centric fashion. Um, yep. The he... prints, the dusters, you know, he he really had the wardrobe.
0: Yep. Yep. And this was the first movie that the two Corys uh, actually appeared uh, together. This is the first two Coreys movie you know they did a bunch of like what did they do they did license to drive i don't know what else they did together but they did quite a few things together
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh, yeah and i thought that i had to look back on this i thought Corey feldman was also in the goonies you remember that movie
1: he was in the goonies um he played uh, gosh what was his name mouth it's oh he did. goonies is my one of my husband's favorite movies
0: so Corey, Fel- Corey Feldman was in
1: Corey it? Corey Feldman was in Goonies.
0: No kidding. Okay. Because that came out in 19... 19- and this is where I got... Uh, this is where I had to go fact check some things. Because I read one fact that said that this 1987 Lost Boys movie was the first movie that uh, the Corys appeared together. But I thought they were in the Goonies together, which was 1985, like you said. And... Um, uh,
1: was Corey Haim in The Goonies,
0: though? Okay, maybe that's who I'm thinking. Okay, Corey Feldman was. Okay, because now I'm Corey looking Feldman at the... Feldman
1: was. The blonde Corey was not.
0: Okay, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, um, okay. I got that backwards. Yeah, yep. now I'm looking at it. Okay, so Corey Haim wasn't in that movie and Corey Correct. Feldman was. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, actually, that would be... That would be an interesting one to go... Uh, watch again (laughs) yes i I don't remember much about that other than that kid they called chunk and that sloth monster looking guy
1: yeah i've sadly watched that movie a lot (laughs) a lot a lot a lot a
0: lot like (laughs) is it a is it a guilty pleasure movie or do you just get no
1: it's anytime it's on or my husband will sit there and watch it with commercials (laughs) <laughs> instead of streaming it or anything and that's what we will watch so uh I, yes yeah. i've watched it a lot
0: <laughs> father brian just said about alex winters played bill yeah i always get those two confused i never can remember who played bill and who played ted uh but uh so so uh alex winters was bill and kiana was ted okay okay cool. yeah yeah um also in this movie are future boyfriends of Julia Roberts. We didn't know that at the time. Uh, Kiefer true? Sutherland was first, and then Jason Patrick was second. Yeah.
1: Yes, because uh, Kiefer Sutherland co-starred with her in that medical drama.
0: Oh, movie. that was uh, called... horror movie. Yeah, there's a trivia one for you. That was called, was it Flatliners?
1: Flatliners, yes, that's it.
0: Yep. Oh, Father Brian got in there. Yes. Yep. <laughs>
1: Father yep. Brian is on this.
0: Yeah, Father <laughs> Brian's on this shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Father Brian. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> y- yep. And then, uh, what was it? It's kind of interesting how that all developed. So Kiefer Sutherland was dating Julia Roberts. Then one day, Kiefer gets his picture taken for a tabloid magazine with another woman. And then like a week oh, later... Geez. Yeah, they 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 break up, and Julia Roberts is with Jason Patrick. The butt. yeah, and then uh, Julia Roberts left Jason Patrick and married Lyle Lovett. Yep.
1: Oh yeah, I never understood that one.
0: Yeah, I never that got that weird. one either. Yeah, but um, huh. yeah, and of course that marriage didn't last. No, definitely.
1: Hollywood marriages rarely last.
0: Yeah, they rarely last. Yep. Yep. Geez, I'm having trouble with my headphones. They keep wanting to not work for me. Let's,
1: let's work it a little bit here.
0: Oh, goodness me. Are you wireless? No, I'm plugged in in many different directions. It's like, (laughs) everything's like all tangled up uh, as well. Uh, So I feel like if I move uh, a little bit in one direction or another, something's going to unplug. So I'm trying to sit very still. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. So I got to untangle my stuff here uh that would be good yeah uh haven't i heard that one before uh let's see what else did i said Ooh, i had to bring this up uh and i'm sure you made a note of this too how about that se- sexy saxophone guy do you remember the sexy saxophone guy in this movie
1: yes the guy who plays i still believe
0: right right yes yep i remember back in the day Watching that scene and thinking to myself Wow that guy's Cool look at his pipes And he could play saxophone And he can sing and I thought that was Like the coolest shit ever Now when I watch it oh my god I laugh my ass off
1: <laughs> Yeah I, I mean I like the song um, I I don't care for his outfit Anymore mm-hmm. uh, But the, I still enjoyed the song Itself
0: Yep Yeah, the song is good, but then it's just like you look at it and you look at like how he oiled himself up like, oh, my God.
1: I believe he's also or he was a bodybuilder.
0: And he does look like one. Yeah. 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 And. Oh, my God. That explains a
1: lot about the outfit, but he was sort (laughs) of like not a cut bodybuilder in retrospect.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. He was really, really bulky. And his uh, pants yes. are, his pants are way, way too tight. Way too
1: tight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Remember, it was the 80s spandex era, so.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that
1: so fashion one, uh, has moved on.
0: Yeah. So Father Brian says, one hit wonder indeed. Now we got to remember uh, who that guy actually was or who that band was that sang that song, I still believe.
1: Um, let me find out.
0: Yeah. That'll be one to research. Um, see, I took a lot of notes on this. I think I watched it this past Sunday, and I'm reading through my notes right now, and some of them don't make sense. I wrote down the suicide train thing when they all are hanging from the uh, train trellis and then just let go.
1: Yeah, that, that was a, a very... The special effects were seriously lacking in yeah. retrospect. Yeah. It was yep. a bit forced.
0: That's a good word for it. It did seem a bit forced. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, the motorcycle chase um, was also done with just shifting camera perspectives, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, they, they kept in tight and close, but um, there's, if it was a, compared to a modern day, uh, very, very poorly done. yeah um, mm-hmm the special effects with the food when they're down in the, the sunken hotel and Kiefer Sutherland is playing the mind games Mm -hmm. um, with the rice being maggots. Right. Um, You know, it, it works for the time and they did the best they could. um, But it it does come off a little dated.
0: I read some facts about this movie and that scene with the maggots, they had a hard time getting the maggots to actually move. (laughs) Uh, So it took a while to shoot that scene. They had to do a lot of poking around the maggots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So one of those interesting kind of fun facts about this movie. Um, One thing I want to say about Kiefer Sutherland in this movie, he is amazing in this movie. Amazing. It's like the acting, he did a really good job. The problem is... All of his speaking scenes span about a, a 20 minute continuous section in the movie, in that hotel scene that you just, that sunken hotel scene you just mentioned. And then after that, you don't see much of him at all. It's like they, so he does this wonderful job and they really, I believe, should have developed that character maybe a little bit more. Uh that's just. My I opinion. would
1: agree because in the in the lead-in before that, all of his interactions, like with the video store owner, mm-hmm. um, there's no real speaking lines on his part, but his facial expressions. Right. Um, he really does a good job there, and it almost seems like his part got edited down somehow. Right. If right. he was if he was presumed to be the lead vampire. It, which is where it was building to with Kiefer Sutherland's character. And um, what, what was Jason Patrick's character's name? Michael?
0: Sounds good. It, uh, Let's go with I that. Have, <laughs> we'll go with that. Yes, it was. Very good. good. Was very good.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that whole, you know, tension um, with the, the conflict over Star. Um, right. It just seems like that, that wasn't, it, it almost seems like it got cut short. Right. There should have been a bit more um, than there was. But again, you know, we'll never know what hit the cutting room floor because there's no, you know, at that time, no YouTube videos of deleted scenes.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And it makes you wonder if the deleted scenes uh, exist out there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: That's something to look into.
0: That is something to look into. I'd watch deleted scenes from The Lost Boys, absolutely. The stars character too, I mean, it's like if she wanted Michael to help her, why'd she have to kind of drag him into the lair, if you will? And just I mean, it seems like she could have been more upfront with what's going on if she really needed help. Yeah.
1: Um, she she was a little I mean her acting's a a little uh, spotty
0: <laughs> yeah
1: she she seems a, to have a singular expression most of the time slightly wide-eyed and lost so to speak right. Um she doesn't have a lot of depth there she does seem to just um, have that that one expression um, and a little bit spacey uh, so but then again she also got a Razzie award for her role in twister so
0: <laughs> oh she she was in twister okay wow
1: Yeah, she got a Razzie for that one, I believe.
0: She she got a Razzie, yeah. I had forgotten about that movie. I saw that movie once. That was a movie I actually did see in the theater, and I was really excited before it came out and was uh, pretty disappointed, actually. I remember being pretty disappointed after I saw that. In uh, retrospect, some of the special effects at the time were halfway decent, but the storyline, I thought, and the acting was uh, subpar. Uh, That was my opinion at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she and Bill Pullman had zero chemistry, um, right? And I would have to say the same for for Helen Hunt and Bill Pullman in that movie. But
2: oh yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No question. Yeah, no question. No I think question. Philip
1: Seymour Hoffman was the best part of Twister.
0: Philip Seymour Hoffman. It was just awesome in everything that he was in. I mean, yeah he he was even in uh, Scent of a Woman. Uh, he, he he played a. a, a supporting role in that a very brief one yeah he was a good actor very good yeah um
1: sorry i deviated oh that's (laughs) okay that's what we do
0: (laughs) that's what we do here on the wicked awesome podcast it wouldn't be that if we didn't deviate Uh, it's good talk yeah yeah he was also in the big lebowski yes that's right father brian he was good in that too and it shows (laughs) diversity in the types of characters that he could uh play
1: yeah definitely and he played um I, one of my favorite movies, which it's it's kind of dark and sad, um, Cold Mountain. Um, that one also I haven't seen.
0: Yeah, that one I haven't seen. So, yeah. Uh, he,
1: uh,
0: the Talented Mr. Ripley, he was good in that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. He was just fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned something about the cinematography, I think, uh, uh, for the Lost Boys. I guess what I wrote is it's not that bad. I'll say that the cinematography overall, if you take it into the the time it was filmed, it mm-hmm. it actually wasn't horrible. I mean, there's some good aerial shots. Uh, you yeah, mentioned those, the, the motorcycle
1: aerial tracking shots um, with the lead in uh, to the um, amusement park. Mm-hmm. Those those stand up. The aerial tracking shots definitely worked.
0: They do. They do. I notice in the, those beginning scenes too, there was a lot of, uh, well, how did I word it? Uh, female objectification. They showed, uh, you know, butt cheeks of, uh, women in bathing suits and, you know, guys giving, uh, girls walking by kind of, uh, Oh yeah. During know, the
1: people are strange intro. Yeah
0: yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think they were, they were giving the, the Santa Carla, which was actually Santa Cruz, um, right. beach vibe but yeah exactly. it, it was definitely 80s objectification although that right. continues on today
0: yeah yeah and back th- back then we didn't think much about uh objectification we just thought it was part of life but pretty uh, much <laughs> yeah yeah we're starting to wise up to that a little bit which which is a good thing
1: enlightenment is good.
0: is good that's right um here we go. Some other notes. Oh, I wrote down. Grandpa's kind of a dank. The grandpa character. I didn't think he was a very good grandpa. Um,
1: he but, was a grumpy grandpa. He's like he's the a crotchety old man. Exactly. Don't touch my stuff. Here's a here's a creepy taxidermy beaver. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had a long career, though. Barnard what else Hughes.
0: was what what else was he in?
1: Um, he was on Broadway.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I believe, um, he was on a few different things. Let me go to, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to Google him on IMDb.
0: Oh, that's fine. I'll address, uh, father Brian's comment. He was a stellar vampire slayer. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. He, he was a good vampire slayer. I'll, we'll give him that. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm thinking of the scene, uh, where Corey Haim sits in his vehicle and Corey Haim thinks they're going to go oh, yeah. into town. And he's like, ah, so you like this car? Yeah. And Corey Haim thinks they're going into town. Ah, good. You know, and that's all they, uh, that was it. That's all grandpa. That was grandpa's uh, introduction uh, to the car for, for Corey Haim. They didn't go anywhere.
2: They just sat in
1: the garage. Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's kind of a dank move, grandpa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah but
1: um he was in doc hollywood sister act 2 mm-hmm. um he also was in blossom
0: no shit okay
1: Yep. he uh was in da and he actually won an award for that no kidding yep um yep. and he w- i think um, he won a primetime Emmy also for his role on Lou Grant, so he goes way way back. So
0: he goes way back. So he's before probably before we been... were
1: even watching TV. He was on right, TV,
0: right? So this the so he's probably been dead for years then, because uh, he was pretty old.
1: Uh Where yep. He died in two thousand and six.
0: Two thousand. Oh, okay. So not not too IMDb too long.
1: Is ago. a wonderful source. <laughs> yeah,
0: we like IMDb. I like the IMDb myself. Yeah, yeah. Father Brian says the Windex cologne. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Did he wear Windex (laughs) cologne or did he make? Yeah, Corey
1: Corey Haynes' character. uh, (gasps) Grandpa was asking, is there any cologne? Because he was going to have uh, dinner with the widow. And oh,
0: OK. That
1: was a dink move from Corey. So
0: <laughs> I see. Yeah. yeah. So Corey, I guess that was
1: payback for the going to town comment.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And if grandpa's a dink, you know, that uh, that could be a generational. It could be something that skips a generation. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the mom Cause, seemed cause OK. The
1: mom, Diane Weist, was, you know, i was surprised she was in this movie.
0: Honestly. I'm shocked she was in this movie.
1: I mean, cause she had just been in Hannah and her sisters at that time.
0: And won an Oscar. She yeah. won an Oscar for Hannah and her sisters. And this is the next movie she does.
1: Exactly. Yep. Uh, but yeah, she's fantastic. Um, but the, the whole, um, grandpa being crotchety and grumpy, you know, they, him playing dead when they show up.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: he was, it was, I think he brought a lot of, um, quirkiness to the character
0: he did he did yeah well this movie is listed as a a horror comedy and before i watch it i'm like really this would fall under the classification of horror slash comedy um and probably at the time it was just listed as a horror movie but maybe now It seems kind of funny to us in parts, or I don't know.
1: Maybe it was. I could see that. I mean, there was. I mean, I guess not in the straight like David trying to to kill Michael part, um, but it was somewhat funny with the interaction and some of the dry one liners from the grandpa that it, the one thing he's never been able to stomach about Santa Carla is all the damn vampires. Right. Um, there's some dark comic moments. Um, but yeah, it, I would view, sorry, Freddie movies as more of a horror comedy. They were I scary, would say so. Especially but, the, but the
0: sequels, especially yep. Freddie mm-hmm.
1: definitely had a sense of humor.
0: Right, right, right he did um father brian just mentioned the fog brothers and yeah the oh, F- yeah. frog brothers are kind of funny yeah so i could see that. yeah
1: they, they were funny kind of yeah. clueless and then they're stoned out parents just sitting there
0: right um i did write down the fog brothers as uh th- this is the 80s this is an 80s movie the frog the frog brothers aren't being, they're not being bully, bullied nearly enough in this movie. The Frog <laughs> Brothers were the types back in the 80s that would have been bullied mercifully. And they're not bullied in this movie. Uh, yeah, I it's almost that... like
1: they're bullying Corey or exactly. what's his name? Sam. Ex- yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Hey, rounding third. Hey, 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 welcome in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I yeah that's one thing. I, it kind of surprised me. I mean, those are the types of kids that uh, were bullied, uh, you know, uncontrollably back mm-hmm. in the day. And they weren't in this movie. And they did provide some comic relief. And actually, Corey Feldman is a halfway, back then was actually a halfway decent actor. I'll give him that. I yes. mean, you always know it's Corey Feldman, but he, you could always, you could tell that he put the work into it. You know,
1: absolutely,
0: yeah. Um,
1: even though this role is more of a a, you know, it's kind of apropos, they're working in a comic book store, right? uh, Because they're the frog brothers are kind of almost caricatures, they're not like real fleshed out characters. I see, they're just like these you know, vampire slayers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Father Brian types in all the bullies were eaten by vampires. I like that, (laughs) and I could buy into that actually, yeah. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. that's that's actually true because some of those like um, thugs uh, sure got eaten up at that. Uh, what was it? All the Nazis dancing around the fire?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I they mean, were
1: vampire fodder that works. Yeah,
0: you know, right? And that's okay. And that's how they probably should have sold the whole becoming a vampire thing to Michael. It's like Michael, you got to feed. They're just Nazis. Yeah, you know.
1: The world's better off without him. The come world's on, better off without
0: him, you know. Come on, become Public one of service. us, be immortal. Exactly. You know, you and you know and, and yeah, exactly. You can stay young looking and look at all the fun we have, uh, you know, in a sunken hotel looking at a Jim Morrison poster all day and eating maggots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You want to kill Nazis? Become a vampire.
1: <laughs> yeah the the one that bothered me though was that poor um the uh security guard that got taken up
0: yeah that was yeah that didn't that, need to happen they
1: didn't need to do that
0: no that no they didn't need to that do was that.
1: extraneous violence
0: exactly no no need for that i agree i agree uh Oh, the sex scene. There's a sex scene between uh, Michael and Star, and I had, what I discovered in horror movies: if uh, a couple has sex like early on in the movie, uh, th- they they're
1: die. They're die.
0: Yeah, they die. Yeah, yeah. If they do drugs and drink early on in the movie, they're gonna die. They, oh, no question. But the timing of when uh, Star and Michael have sex— granted, it's only like the third day that they know each other. But it, at least it's like halfway into the movie. And so at that point, and it's really good romantic kind of lovey-dovey sex. It's not like mm-hmm. the raunchy, uh, you know, the date rape kind of sex. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, they're going to live. So that's kind of one right. of those rules of horror movies. Oh, Father
1: no. Brian's right. The couple in the car.
0: Yeah, that the couple she in was, the car.
1: She was trying to read her stolen comic book and he was pawing at her. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But and on that's that
1: a, one, I think she should have gotten a hallway pass.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 So they're thieves. They they broke the law and then he's trying. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's a perfect example right there. I did make a note of that scene because that that scene kind of made me laugh just because of their reaction. Uh, a lot of those 80s horror movies had the same reactions out of people that, that are so unbelievable looking at now. Like,
1: ah! Yeah, the scream queens. <laughs>
0: exactly. Ah, it's like, it's not even real. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> How many takes did it? Did you have to do to get that shot? <laughs> uh, but uh, that made me laugh. And then the director, Joel Schumacher, of course, I had heard of before, and he was the one that did Batman Forever, uh, Batman and Robin, and a bunch of other things. And then I'm like, you know what? I haven't heard of a Joel Schumacher doing a movie for a while. Let's uh, look him up. Oh, so I looked did him one up. Of
1: my favorites, which was a time to kill.
0: Oh, he did a time to kill. That is he a did good a time
1: movie. to kill. That's where yeah, that... I recognized his name in retrospect. I yeah. didn't know him at the time. I watched the lost boys originally.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, that's right. A time to kill is one of those underappreciated Matthew McConaughey, Samuel L. Jackson movies. That was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Kiefer was in that one too.
1: Uh, oh, he was. Him. Yeah
0: he he played a KKK guy. He
1: yeah. did.
0: He did. Yeah. See, they should have had vampires kill him. In right. Movie. Uh, the, <laughs> exactly. I guess he came
1: full circle.
0: <laughs> he came full circle. Yeah. He's like, okay. I can't be a vampire. I might as well become a Nazi.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Um. So I look up Joel Schumacher, and what did I discover? Joel Schumacher died. He died. Uh. In June 2020. Uh, oh man! Yeah. So I I didn't know about it, but he was like 80 plus years old. So yeah. he lived a he lived a long life, and uh, he made some halfway decent movies. And hopefully, he's not remembered for that Batman and Robin movie he did oh. with George Clooney and Schwarzenegger in it. Uh, but
1: oh, that but, was terrible.
0: Oh, it's awful. That it was. Gone was that awful. the
1: Batman costume with the nipples on it?
0: That was the nipple Batman. Oh, yeah, that was awful. Yeah, so Joel Schumacher will forever be known as the director of the movie with Batman nipples in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mentioned uh, sexual harassment in this movie. Pre- this is the pre-sexual harassment. Uh, this was like the pre-Clarence pre-Cla- Thomas days. So the mother gets a job at a video store, and the owner of the video store asked her out the first day on the job. That mm-hmm. I mean... Of course, she said yes, but that type of thing doesn't happen today, does it?
1: Oh gosh, not where I work.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean,
1: um,
0: no way, not. No yeah. way. Yeah, um, that's like a red flag right there. Yep, yeah. and also, also, uh, well, we'll get to the next part later, uh, but. Um, <laughs> I think Diane Weiss just had a string of bad luck. She had to lose her husband. She had to leave. Then she ended up dating that this guy. So
1: That's true. And she didn't come out of the divorce very well.
0: So and anyway. she didn't come out. Of, yeah. Then they had to go live with Grandpa. Grandpa
1: Grouchy. Grandpa Grouchy. Yeah. It was a,
0: yeah, yeah it was a grandpa. Yeah. Grandpa. Dink Grandpa. And uh, then uh, also her, vamp, her, her, her uh, son becomes a half vampire. It's like, Jesus, this poor lady. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um okay, so let's go I guess we can flash forward or I think I've talked all, all I want to talk about as far as uh the the sex scene cinematography. Oh, we'll go to the soundtrack. The soundtrack for this movie is actually really good. It is. Um it has yeah, Echo and the Buddy man, man, uh singing, doing the remake of uh, People Are Strange, that In Excess song uh, that I still believe uh, that's a good song. And there are some others, too. I don't have a list in front of me, but I remember back watching it in the day that the, the soundtrack was, I thought the soundtrack was really good, and I still believe it is. I believe the soundtrack actually does hold up. I can find myself listening to this in the car good absolutely
1: kind of um on my drive i was listening to echo and the bunny um mm-hmm. what was that song the killing Moon. that's one of my favorites so wasn't yeah, necessarily like- in the movie but but they're a relevant um band and they had a lot of uh i think there was some in excess in this movie as well
0: the, yeah i'm looking yeah. at the soundtrack yeah. Uh, a really good NXS song. I think it's, and I can't remember the name of the title. And come to find out, Joel Schumacher, this was like pre, this is when NXS was known, but uh, they really hit superstardom with the Kick album and Devil Inside, Need You Tonight, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Joel Schumacher also directed the NXS video of uh, ah, Devil Inside. Got uh, it. Which was Yes. Yeah, so,
1: so Good Times was NXS and Jimmy Barnes
0: yes yes yep. yeah really really good song yeah yeah yep. yeah father brian says he still loves the soundtrack uh as well yeah yeah it is a good soundtrack um let's go to the vampire killing scenes uh
1: <laughs>
0: this, is, this is where it's like oh my god it's like probably at the time did at the time did we we bought into those special effects at the time didn't we? at
1: the time you know You don't know what you don't know.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Hey, Jill, how you doing? Welcome to a long time. No, uh, see, uh, Yeah, doing a movie show here tonight. Yeah. um, But I will say this. The first vampire that's killed in the bathroom in the bathtub of holy water. That was really, that was a good killing scene because that affected the whole plumbing of the house.
1: It did. It kind of blew up.
0: (laughs) It did. Now, as the vampire is melting away, that's when the special effects look really, really cheesy. I mean, uh, I could probably do better special effects now with my iPhone 6 and (laughs) papier-mâché. (laughs) true story yeah yeah i mean it is how the technology filter on that (laughs) exactly exactly yeah and then so but and to me that was the best vampire killing scene and then the rest of them just happened too quickly
1: well actually i think the first one in the cave um there was a lot more gore when -hmm. they killed marco
0: oh that's right I fr- when he was I hanging upside
1: it. down there seemed to be a lot more blood and gore versus right. like when they killed david um, right so right. sorry lots of spoiler alerts but this is a super old movie so i'm gathering everybody here has seen it
0: oh um, yeah and if you haven't seen it tough shit i should have said <laughs> i should have said spoiler alerts already because i'm telling you how this movie ends
2: pretty <laughs> much yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, we're, we're doing retrospectives on these movies that are more than 30 years old at this point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unless so. we,
1: unless you have um, some Gen Z followers that this is all new to them.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What's that movie? Who's who, in excess? Who are they?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey lady, me, welcome to the live studio. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah, I had forgotten about that one in the cave. You're right, though. That's when they killed uh, the Bill and Ted guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that. And that kill scene was actually uh, halfway decent. But then when they get into the house, it gets a little bit cheesy and it seems to happen uh, too quickly. Come to find out uh, when Kiefer Sutherland is impaled uh, in those antlers. You never see him completely die. And the rumor goes was that the, the sequel that was planned for this movie initially was going to have Kiefer Sutherland uh, being shown as still living, still healing.
1: Living. Oh, okay, that makes back. sense. Yeah. yeah. I thought they did some follow-up movies in the
0: 2000s there were two hold on a second I'm which i've never
1: i've never watched
0: yeah i never watched them either uh they were pretty bad from what i understand as you can imagine gotcha. one happened pretty soon after and it was like a straight to video type movie gotcha. uh, i don't believe if any of the original casts were back uh it, they were just kind of unimportant characters <laughs> But then they put out a third one where the Frog Brothers return. And this is when Corey Feldman, I think, was trying to revamp his career in the early 2000s. And that was the third Lost Boy movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, So that's what happened there. Good. You still there, Sandy?
1: I am. I'm just reading the comments. Uh, Father Brian said there were three total and they were terrible. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard they're really bad. And sometimes I just believe the reviews and I save the trouble and time it would take to watch them.
1: <laughs> yeah, keep, keep yeah, the two hours, so. you'll never get back. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. And uh, what did I say? I said something about the stereo. Oh, one of the vampires was killed by the stereo. And I think I. Uh, I can't read my own handwriting. There was something magical. Oh, there that... was,
1: yeah. There was. It, there was also a one-liner.
0: Um, and maybe that's and what I was trying to it write. There was down.
1: definitely a one-liner about. I can't. I can't. I didn't take a note on it. I but see. But I think that that would qualify as like part of the the comedy.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it probably wasn't even. Yeah. So the one-liner would be would be the comic relief after the vampire uh, was killed. Uh, Yeah. And then the main vampire, which was the video store owner and mom's boyfriend, we figure out that he's the main guy. And if you kill him, all the other vampires become uh, mortal again. And so we discover that he's a vampire. And the makeup actually for him, I thought, was pretty good. I, I thought okay it is you could see that it, it's now the makeup would be better but I thought the makeup was passable for him but then as he's killed he's killed uh, he just goes boom in the fireplace which was really really cheesy how they did that and again yeah, I just it, thought it was too quick um,
1: I, but. I agree um, there was it, it almost seemed like the they did a lot on the killing of the like the fairly minor vampire mm-hmm. in the cave with all of the, the the blood and the the explosion of blood and all of that, and then as it progressively went through, it got less and less um, impressive.
2: It's yes.
0: like they ran out of budget. <laughs> they ran out of budget. So let's, okay. You got the 10 seconds. Got to, really quick. Yeah. You got 10 <laughs> seconds to kill the main vampire here. So put in some fang teeth that you bought at Rite Aid. And, you know, let's just, yeah. I just mean, look, a little
1: pyrotechnic.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Buy buy some sparklers and uh, maybe throw <laughs> some gasoline on it in the fireplace and let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the movie ends but i don't know so i guess it comes down to the question the overall question does the lost boys stand the test of time and we've talked about it a little bit but in general is the lost boys still worth watching is it a good movie and that goes to you sandy
1: and i'm a little torn um it, it's dated for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably pass on it.
0: You'd probably pass on it, yeah. I yeah. would
1: listen to the soundtrack again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. but but given some of the um, the cheesiness on the special effects and the the diminishing returns um, as it goes on, um, i I would probably. I would probably say no. I don't think it holds up, um, mm-hmm. especially compared to, you know, the underworlds. Um, sure. You know that have come out since, and part of it, I guess, the genre is a little different now, um, with the more advanced uh, special effects, and it's it's a little darker and more mature. Um, mm-hmm. And this was kind of a teeny bopper movie. So yeah. In retrospect, if I was a teeny bopper, I might watch it.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: but as you know my age now, I would not, I would, I would keep my two hours of my life for something else,
0: for something else. Yeah. And that's fair. And it's kind of, I guess that's my view as well. I, the part of me that enjoyed it was from a complete nostalgic standpoint. Agree. You know, it's like, Oh, I remember this time period. Oh, I remember these actors Oh, I remember enjoying this, but holy shit, look at those cheesy special effects yeah. and look at Star's hair. <laughs> I was attracted to that. <laughs> and um, I remember watching it at the time, and at the time, Jason Patrick is older th- than us, so when I'm watching it as a 16-year-old kid, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, okay, uh, these guys are high school, but I know in real life, Jason Patrick's probably like five or six years older than me. Uh, so I, um, where I'm going with this is now when I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, look how young Jason Patrick looks.
1: <laughs> he looked fantastic. <laughs>
0: yeah, he does. It's like, wow. Um, and um, yeah, so that that's one thing. So I think... From a nostalgic view, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things if I was scanning through uh, my cable and this came on without just seeing it now, I probably would stop and watch it just out of curiosity. Um, That's fair. Yeah, but beyond that, I mean, this has appeared on uh, like Netflix before, Hulu, and I've never clicked on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because, uh, but I, ha- so in this case, it's not streaming on any of those services that I subscribe to. Uh, so I believe I had to, yeah, I had to rent this. Yeah, I, did yeah, I rent rented it
1: from Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what I ended up
1: doing. Yeah.
0: So overall, we'll say, uh, standing the test of time, yeah, we could pass on this. I, I think mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. Which, perfect timing, we're 50 minutes in. Uh, Stand by me. Let's talk about stand by me. I uh, rented this, oh, just a couple nights ago, I believe. Mm -hmm. And the first time I had saw it, I actually, I watched it by myself at my house in Canox, Maine. And I think I even rented it at Hilltop Store, if I remember correctly. And... Uh, I really, really, really liked it, uh, back in the day. I have seen it since the second time I saw it, I was actually, uh, living on Monhegan Island at the time, which I was out there today on a day trip actually. And, uh, I was house sitting and they had a satellite dish and that was the only, that's the only way you, you can get, uh regular TV on my Monhegan even today. Uh, mm-hmm. And it showed up on one of the movie channels and uh, I sat and watched it with uh, some of my friends one day and I really liked it then that would have been in the uh, 1996, I believe. So that would have been the last time I saw a stand by me, which would have been 25 years ago. Yeah. And-
1: um, that's about the same. I saw this one also on video mm-hmm. um, originally. And I, I'm a huge Stephen King fan, um, Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed the movie, except they changed it from being in Maine to being in Oregon.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit because it is in Oregon, but there are many, many Maine references in this movie
2: that that
0: I picked up on, which I thought was interesting. And it even looks like Maine to me. I mean, everything about this movie just screams like Maine to me like a small mill town in Maine. And, um, but it takes place in Oregon, which I, I just didn't believe it really had to be because so many Stephen King stories do take place in Maine. Uh, why not this one? Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, oh, uh, I wanted to start this one. Uh, and maybe you heard this story as I was researching this movie. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland told a story in an interview a few years ago, uh, the actor's name that played the chubby kid there, Jerry Connell, right? Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. They, the cast went to a Renaissance fair while this was being filmed and this was actually filmed in Oregon Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of hippies at with, uh, selling things at this Renaissance fair. And one of the booths, uh, uh, hippies were selling cookies. So Jerry O'Connell <laughs> went up to the booth and bought a couple cookies. You know where this story's going. I do. <laughs> yeah. Pretty I think soon, I've read
1: this interview too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So pretty soon he's like in the middle of the fair, tripping out, like screaming because he can't find anybody, all freaking out <laughs> and in tears. And they actually had to shut down production. Of the movie for like two days until he so came, could
1: recover. So he could recover from his pot cookies. <laughs> from
0: his pot cookies. <laughs> uh, can uh, you imagine? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I thought that was a, a funny behind the scenes uh, story. Um, and it also takes place, uh, and I picked up on this at the very beginning, it takes place in uh, Castle Rock, uh, Oregon, yes. which then became a As you know, the production company that was owned by Stephen King and some other uh, individuals as well. Yeah.
1: Yes. And Rob Reiner.
0: And Rob Reiner, right, who directed this. Mm -hmm. And which made me think, what has Rob Reiner directed lately? I like I I see him like on uh, I saw him on Bill Maher's uh, political talk show on HBO not that long ago. It's like, does he direct movies anymore? Because he directed some good ones back in the day.
1: Let me check.
0: But, did you, I did mean,
1: you
0: uh, The, the Princess Bride is in my top five movies of all time, and he directed that movie. Uh, great oh, wow. Movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a cult one. I, I've, I haven't been able to make it through that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he also directed uh, When Harry Met Sally, and he did a lot of, directed a lot of good movies.
1: Mm-hmm. He is mainly doing TV series now.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, let me check. Uh, director oh a few good men misery
0: oh okay okay
1: uh the story of us
0: which was okay yeah that was yeah uh,
1: and then lbj yeah has it the bucket list Mm-hmm. yeah he's done quite a bit
0: so he has done quite a bit okay Okay. It seems like so. It's, probably, it's one of those things that his best work was done back in the '80s. Yep. It
1: did he, some. Happen- he's been doing a few like TV miniseries appearances as an actor.
0: I see. I see. Yep. Yeah, you do see him uh, pop up as a as a kind of supporting actor uh, every once in a while. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Um, so, if you've taken notes on this movie, I'm going to let you take the lead uh, first on this one. If
1: So basically, um, I think the storyline, because it starts out and it's a reminiscing film, it's the writer, and he's sitting and thinking back on um, a period of time in his life, and it's told from a very um, nostalgic, retrospective point of view. For me, the storyline itself... Still works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not a um, movie that relies on a ton of uh, current um, styles or fashions or trends. It's it's set in the nineteen. I think it's nineteen sixty or nineteen fifty nine. Nineteen fifty nine. Mm-hmm. Nineteen fifty nine. And this film really. Um, in the way it's presented um, the lingo they're using the um, you know, the kids in the, in the clubhouse with their, with their knock, you know, that's something that doesn't exist now because everybody's online. Right. Uh, but since it's retrospective, I think it absolutely holds up mm-hmm. the parts of it. Um, there's some, you uh, not politically correct things in it
2: mm-hmm.
1: um it's also but again for the era i think it's acceptable no. as retrospective yes. you know you know the jerry o'connell's character as like uh, the the chubby kid mm-hmm. uh the kind of uncool kid um that still makes sense um they accepted him uh, but they also kind of ribbed him. Um, you know, like you can't remember the knock. Right. To get in the clubhouse. Um, R- Corey running. Feldman's character in this, I think the acting that Corey did here was really phenomenal.
0: I thought so as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Really phenomenal. The range from being kind of goofy and silly um, to, you know, completely breaking down when talking about his father. You know, that that was amazing range for me. Um, and when you think about how old he was at the time, you know, he was, what, 14 or 15 when they filmed this?
0: Right, right, yeah.
1: That that was an impressive performance. And that was one of my notes, was um, the range these kids had uh the ability to transition from being sort of happy and goofy to being really like intensely like running from the train um, and showing that kind of fear and terror um, at that age and being able to pull it off. um, I'm astounded by that. When I first watched it, it didn't dawn on me because I was much younger.
0: Sure.
1: Looking back now, Um, They really um, were some exceptional child actors.
0: Absolutely. And one thing I can say to you people listening to this, whether it be live or on the download, uh, Sergeant Williams and I were in the same introductory to film class in college together. So we know what we're talking about. (laughs) And we both got A's in that class. God damn it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, easiest but, day I ever got.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was, yeah, I actually did get a lot out of that class, so I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and some I, of the movie, some of the, yeah, movies some of the were,
1: movies were a little disturbing. Birth of a Nation scarred me.
0: Yeah, that was disturbing. And, uh, that's the the only time I've ever seen Citizen Kane. I remember sleeping through Casablanca. I still don't see the appeal of that movie.
1: Uh, oh, that one I liked. You
0: did like that one, yeah. yeah. I yeah. Star Crossed Lovers and all. Yeah, it could have been one of those days that I just wasn't feeling it. Maybe I was hung over from the night before or something. And, <laughs> yeah. So I maybe mean, I'll I'll go back to that one at some point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What I wrote. Um, Agreeing with you, visually everything represents, and just the attitudes of the kids, uh, so visually and just the acting, it really does represent the time period extremely well. It does. Uh, And I did some thinking about this a little bit. This movie was put out in 1986. The setting was 1959, so you do the math on that, that's a 27 year difference. Mm-hmm. So, if we did that now, 27 years before, uh, oh god, this, this is the, so. If you're going to make a movie that was based 27 years ago, where would that put us? That put us in
2: 1994.
0: <laughs> Oof. Oh god, and it's just like I was an adult in 1994, not I mean. Uh, 20 oh god i was 23 jesus oh the good old te- days oh jesus that's depressing 27 years ago I was 23 and i remember quite vividly being 23 and a grown up okay oh well okay anyway <laughs> yeah uh, so i think probably 19 making a movie based in 1959 is more interesting than making a movie that was based in 1994
2: uh
1: yeah, um, there's been so many cultural shifts. Um, and then you're starting right, to have, uh, you know, my, my dad and his generation are starting right. to to pass on. But when this was made, you had people who distinctly, this was fresh in their memories still.
0: Right, right, yeah. Yeah. And if these boys were 12 in 1959, uh, it's really kind of uh, the same age. My parents were. Uh, My parents would have been a little bit older than that in 1959. They would have been 14, but still the same generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Um, Will Wheaton, who played. I put down a negative note about Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton was the uh, young man that played the main character and. So it starts out when they're in the tree house. I felt like he was the weakest actor of the bunch. Oh. And it, it was almost like I was watching a little kid at a community theater play, like doing sound of music or something, you know, just doing the best he could to remember his lines and just say them with no, with it just as flat affect, effect, if you will.
1: Um, I, I would agree. Um, of course he was, he was with, Corey Feldman, who was very experienced at that point, he'd started doing commercials when he was three. Right. Um, And river Phoenix was just naturally
0: just really
2: good. He was just really
1: good. Um, so I think Will Wheaton was, I fully agree. He was the weakest. And when they're doing that singing part, um, Mm -hmm. when they're kind of interrupting, um, Jerry O'Connell's character, um, He, It was almost like he was breaking the fourth wall, not knowing he was breaking the fourth wall. Right. Like he was staring at the camera. Similar to what Ryan Reynolds does as Deadpool, knowingly, Mm -hmm. ironically, and intentionally, he was just (laughs) not even getting it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I will say as the movie progressed, though, I bought into his character and acting ability a little bit more. Because there are parts in the movie that he does a decent job, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I would say at the beginning it oh. was no—it was just noticeable how uh, he wasn't as good of an actor as the rest of the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I do think the casting was pretty much spot on because originally River Phoenix read for that role, and. River Phoenix was cast perfectly in this movie. Oh, he and, absolutely was. Yeah, so I can I can see why they shifted him into uh, the role that he ended up having. Uh, definitely. Um, and I I guess I had forgotten that uh, John Cusack was in this movie, but briefly, briefly as as the as the. Yeah.
1: the uh... The one thing I I didn't realize was that he died in a Jeep accident.
0: I I remember him dying, but I couldn't remember how he died. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I watched that as I was about to drive my Jeep cross country. I'm like, awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. That's good. Well, this is 1959. And this is back when this is back when teenagers. Well, one, they they didn't wear. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't wear seatbelts and they drank and and they drank and they drove. Um, Mm hmm. Yeah, so that, that's that's what they don't tell you is that he wasn't wearing a seatbelt and he was a drunker than a fucking skunk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh
0: oh, I said a potty mouth word. Uh, yeah. Do
1: you get a slap on the wrist for that? <laughs>
0: uh, no, I get uh, that's my strike one. If I get two more, I'm officially on the potty mouth list. Um, so.
1: I did like John, even though it was brief. John mm-hmm. Cusack's performance as a as a uh, older brother, mm-hmm. um, I think. He, he held his own in that scene where the father is being an absolute ass to the wife yeah. um, and uh, Will Wheaton's character. Um, I'm, I would hope, I wasn't around for that generation, but I would hope it wasn't that bad. But that was one of the things that bothered me a little bit was how condescending he was to
0: mm-hmm. the
1: wife and the child who liked to write stories.
0: right. Right. Something tells me during that time period that was almost considered normal. Yeah. And now we would consider it abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Back then, as long as you didn't, uh, you know, as long as you weren't physically aggressive towards your wife, a lot of things like this interaction you just described were considered kind of okay. which obviously we see it and it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's... And
1: I, again, when I watched this originally in high school, it didn't dawn on me. Mm-hmm. It's something watching it now. Um, I had a reaction to.
0: Sure. 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 Well, then the kids, uh, the boys smoking cigarettes in the treehouse house mm-hmm. uh, at 12 years old, uh, that was also something that wasn't out of the norm back then. Uh, you know, stealing dad's cigarettes off the mm-hmm. his bureau and uh, smoking a few. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, and then your teenage boys getting into kind of the Kiefer, the Sutherland, uh group of boys that raise hell. Uh, I think that was kind of one of those things that was. Uh, almost expected out of teenage boys back then. Just the drinking while riding around the convertible. I think probably hitting mailboxes with baseball bats. I'm sure that didn't happen. Like I would assume that wouldn't happen because that's like a, you'd be easily caught and it's a federal offense. Well,
1: everybody Uh, has doorbell cameras now, so you'd be totally busted.
0: Exactly, exactly, yeah. And then I made a note about bullying. I mean, Kiefer, and bullying, I think, like that was just expected uh, to a degree back then. It's just like, yeah, yeah, you got to toughen up. If somebody bullies you, you got to toughen up. Give it to them back. Uh, Right. uh, So uh, I think that was... uh, Certainly, we experienced bullying as well when we grew up. I would hope that gradually things have improved in that area. I am sure bullying still goes on, but I think we are better at recognizing it, and we certainly don't tolerate it. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I am. I am a little out of the bullying loop. Um, <laughs> I, I stuck with cats, so
0: <laughs> there you go, there you go. Yeah, 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 I can honestly say my kids haven't experienced it. Uh, to a large degree. I have heard of other kids that they have uh, experienced bullying. Uh, some of it really, really harsh, but typically there's protocols in place to basically most school, all schools now have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to bullying, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is the way it should have always been.
1: Right. Uh, yeah.
0: And, yeah. I think
1: um, oh, the part where they're carving uh, like doing the homemade tattoos of the gang name—that mm-hmm. uh, was—that was a little disturbing. Um,
0: doing it with a razor blade, yeah. <laughs>
1: doing it with a razor blade—I I have to say that, as far as a, a special effect, that one worked for me. <laughs> that hit my <laughs> that, gag button. You bought into that, huh? <laughs> yeah, yep. that hit my gag button right away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it looked real, so I wonder if there are actually—I wonder if that dude was actually getting cut by a razor blade.
1: I don't yeah. know. They probably had, uh, you know, cow skin or something over his arm, but they they did it well. However, they, they did it.
0: They did it extremely well. Yeah, and I'm glad I never got a razor blade. Uh, bleh, sorry, razor blade, razor blade, blade. blade. <laughs> Thank you. Geez, I can't talk. I'm not even drinking. A razor blade tattoo. Yeah, um, I do have a tramp stamp of uh, rounding third, uh, but other than that, I don't have a razor blade tattoo. Um. All right. What was I going to say? Um, oh, good soundtrack. I mean, the soundtrack is an oldie soundtrack. Yes. And, and I, I enjoy classics. those songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, would I listen to them in my car? Uh, probably not. But in this, uh, for a time period movie like this, which you can, it's kind of a time period movie, mm-hmm. uh, you can say, uh, it fits. And I, I like it. I like it a lot. And. Going back to the Lost Boys for a minute, I can't identify with any of those characters. Um, I mean, go through the list of characters, I can't identify with any of them. Granted, it's a you know, it's a fantasy type horror movie, you know, but even one of the Frog Brothers, I wasn't that nerdy back in the day. I also wasn't a good-looking vampire back in the day. Um, and I wasn't a sexual harassing, uh, video store owner either. And I wasn't a grandpa that was a dank. So I had a hard time identifying with characters in the lost boys. However, in this movie, uh, going through the kids, I can really identify with the Jerry O'Connell character because in a similar situation with four boys, I would always be at that age. I would have been the Jerry O'Connell of the group uh, Vern Vern was his uh, character name. No question. I would have been the one, uh, you know, that would have been scared easily. I would have been the one that was crawling uh, on the train trestle. Um, I would have been the one pissing and moaning about food and my hamburger falling off a stick. Uh, (laughs) uh, that would have been me. I, uh, and I, I, I admit that I admit that. So it's always good to have, uh, Uh, Watch movies where you can identify one of the one of the characters. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. being I mean, I for me as a female, females weren't well represented in Stand By Me. It's it's kind of a boy's coming of age movie. Right. So and and male bonding sort of thing. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, even though I couldn't identify with any of the characters, other than you know, if I was that wife, I would have smacked him across the face. But slapped
0: <laughs> in silly, god! Damn I would
1: have. I, I, yeah, I would not ahead. have tolerated that from the from the hubs.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that guy was an asshole, big mm-hmm. time. Yep, and certainly showed favoritism towards the older son and uh, not uh, the Will Wheaton character, which. His name in the movie was Gordy. That's right. Gordy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, that's right. There are no females in this. Sh- other than the mother, there is no females in this movie.
1: Yeah. There's the the waitress at the beginning mm-hmm. with the gunshot.
0: Right. There was her.
1: And yeah, that's pretty much it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was pretty much just a white guy coming of age movie. Mm hmm yeah then again in
1: 1959 maine that's
0: right that's right Uh, that'd be today in maine (laughs) it's like oh (laughs) we're all it
1: hasn't gotten any better
0: (laughs) not where we live not where we live um you go to southern maine and there's a more cultural diversity but around here no not really
1: Oh, rounding third, that's the way we like it. Oh, yeah, there we go. There we go. And
0: that's the borderline racist comment of the night. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um,
0: that's funny. Yeah. And um, Guchers. What are Guchers? I wrote down goochers. What the hell are... Guchers were mentioned in this movie. You're
1: Why right, did I write it... down goochers? Um, that's when they flipped coins and all four of them came up tails or something. Oh,
0: right. And that's so when it's bad like.
1: Luck... It's almost like saying jinx. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So something bad was going to happen. And why were they flipping coins again for that? Right. To
1: decide who was going to go to the store.
0: Oh, that's all that was with
1: the with the with the two dollars and thirty seven cents, that's oh my awesome God, room.
0: very good. Did you write that down?
1: Um, it, it, Stephen King does a lot with numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was room two thirty seven in the Overlook hotel.
0: right, right. okay.
1: So it's sort of one of his recurring themes and a lot he does a lot with numerology and how things add up.
0: I um, see like
1: 1408 is also a recurring number across all of his books.
0: I see, I see. So you've read a lot of Stephen King then, yeah?
1: Oh yeah, yeah I have a whole wall full of my collection. Excellent. Of Stephen King books.
0: So this one, I've never read the... Uh, I I remember a book that I picked up uh, and read most of it, but I believe this movie is based on his story The Body
2: mm-hmm. it's and, a, if, I, yes.
0: and I, if I remember correctly that story is in a book called Different Seasons Yes. and in that book is also uh, the Shawshank Redemption story Yes. Uh, which I did read and Shawshank Redemption I love, I love that movie it has a different, the story has a different ending than the movie does but it's kind of like it's okay Mm -hmm. um i do know that they filmed in fact i've seen it they filmed a ending that is just like the story but they decided that it didn't work and the ending that we see is different uh, than Mm -hmm. uh what the story actually is but it works it works for the movie
1: it works for the movie it's more hopeful
0: exactly exactly yeah and one story out of that different season's book that really does stand out to me is At Pupil which they did do a movie about which was terrible uh, with Ian McClellan David Schwimmer had a, a small part in that and the boy I can't remember who the actor was that played uh, that role but the story at Pupil I really dark as hell but really really good just really well written and I always and I remember the movie coming out maybe a year after I read the story and being really, really disappointed with it. So I like a lot of Stephen King movies or a lot of movies based on Stephen King's writings. Uh, that one's a, that that one deserves a reboot, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. But I <laughs> I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read a lot of Stephen King, but I do remember reading uh, the stories out of that book, and I skipped over the body because I knew that it followed. From what I've been told, the body follows Stand By Me pretty authentically. Is that correct?
1: It, it does. Um, I don't believe, I think in the book, um, Ted and Vern are are dead
0: oh no I kidding all okay.
1: dead it's been a long time i read it probably when i was 15 or 16 okay so okay. i'm not fully um I, i'm gonna have to reread it it's i have the hardcover so i'll go back you to don't. it actually um, i think
0: i'll i think i'll read it too because now i'm curious yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah the in the um recap on the movie itself it's it seemed like chris was the only one river phoenix's character mm-hmm. um, was the only one that didn't make it i see
0: so, i see so so some so slight it makes it difference a little
1: more impactful
0: in, yes sure sure yeah and um I did appreciate all the mum jokes that th- these kids made. There are a lot of mum jokes in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of them I heard before, but I remember the first time I watched uh, this, I really appreciated it because I was an immature teenager. And <laughs> I still appreciate it almost equally now. <laughs> mum jokes just never get old. Um, <laughs> yep. um, and who cooks a hamburger on a stick? I've never cooked a hamburger on a stick in my entire life. Um,
1: I would guess it, poor kids that don't have camping gear and weren't Boy Scouts because clearly they were not prepared to go camping.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Round and third says a meatball maybe. I don't think I've ever cooked a meatball on a stick either. Uh, not that way. I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, there's no, it's like, okay, so he goes to the store. He needs food. He needs and he wants to cook something over the campfire. Why the hell doesn't he just buy hot dogs? You can't tell me a general store right? in Maine or in Oregon, uh, any general store in a rural town is going to have hot dogs, for goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You'd think.
0: Yeah, you would think. But, uh, but maybe they
1: weren't as common. <laughs>
0: yeah. Maybe. They, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe the store is out of hot dogs that day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Good. So then I go on. Oh, the main references in this movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Which so, are incongruous with it being set in Oregon.
0: That's just it. And that's what puzzled me. Uh, they mentioned Route 7. Yep. And Which is a major, uh, a well-known route in Maine because it goes from about where I live uh, to Greenville. Mm -hmm. and goes through like towns like Dexter and a lot of old mill towns, the junkyard owner, when he's talking to the Corey Feldman character mentions his dad in Togus, which Togus is a military hospital in Maine.
1: It was a VA hospital in Maine. Yeah. Right. um, And he says up in Togus. So clearly it, it matches with the references to the Royal river, which basically runs uh, through Southern Maine and it, uh, dumps out into the ocean in Yarmouth.
0: Exactly, exactly. And that was another one I mentioned too was the Royal River. So you picked up on that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last main reference that I had was uh, the story with a when a, within a story the Lardass story. Yes. Um, he's eating. They're eating blueberry pies. The pie eating contests are their blueberry pies, which that would be natural for Maine, of course, because that's like our. Uh, most yeah. popular uh, fruit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Royal river grill is awesome. I don't know if I've ever been there. I lived in, uh, I actually, I worked in Yarmouth for a while. So I'm, I'm familiar with the Royal R- river. In fact, I worked at a health food store called Royal river natural foods. Uh, so uh, there you go, which is still around. They moved from uh, Yarmouth to Freeport. Um, I mean, it and also then,
1: does fit with Oregon. Cause I've, there's a lot of fruit produced in um, uh, Western Oregon and Washington State, so you've got you know it it, it still kind of works. So
0: it kind of works, but, okay, okay. But so that
1: a blueberry yeah. pie eating contest seems like a, a like a very main late summer thing to do on you know Labor Day weekend ish.
0: Exactly, exactly. Like at the Blue Hill Fair or something. Right? Yeah, because yeah, exactly, yeah, and. I actually, I really like the story within the story in this movie uh, as, I mean, it's coming from the perspective of a 12 year old boy and, you know, you expect it to be kind of, uh, you know, inappropriate and which it is because they're making fun of a fat kid and you and then the whole vomiting piece too that's very 12 year old oldish but yes. th- the whole story itself i thought really works well uh, uh and it's it's hard to say why it works well but i somehow it just works
1: yeah i, I think it does particularly if you're from the the revenge point of view mm-hmm. um of the the fat kid who's always made fun of so I, right, I think right. that, and, it's, it's it's, an... and and it's sort of ironic because they kind of they kind of I know Vern isn't really he's a little chunky but he's not like obese but they they definitely rib him more than the others so um, it's interesting that the story that Gordy has come up with um, is about from the point of view of revenge from the the you know the fat kid who's always made fun of
0: right, right it's an
1: underdog story
0: yeah yeah and we all like a good underdog story uh, uh, yeah yeah absolutely I I, it's like if you ever heard if you ever known of a person that doesn't like Rocky you know the first Rocky movie I mean it's um, it, party
1: of one right here
0: you don't like the first Rocky movie I don't like
1: any of the Rocky movies
0: I see oh
1: man probably that's an like unpopular a... opinion <laughs>
0: I like them all up. I like the first three. And then after that, I, I it just gets kind of stupid from there. Uh, so, yeah, the first three, I can still watch over and over again. But again, a lot of it is the nostalgia because I watched them so much as a kid.
1: Okay. So, yeah. Rounding thirds as he still drinks raw eggs.
0: <laughs> he still drinks raw eggs.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and... The train running scene where uh, they almost get hit by a train. I actually, when I, the first time I, I saw this, I actually, you know, felt the suspense. I remember feeling the suspense like, oh, come on, come on, make it, make it. I'll run that train, little fat boy. Yeah. <laughs> but this time I watched it and I actually thought it was funny. <laughs> I actually laughed. And I have no idea why. I have no idea why. Uh, well, I don't when know. you look
1: at the, the shifting perspective shots, like they have the um, the stunt women
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, running on the trestle with the train far behind, and then mm-hmm. they go to the front shot that's sort of the close-up on the kids with, like, the fake train behind them. Right. And it's so close. It so, is
0: really close. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. so that, that perspective was, uh, was a little off. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I did look that one up because there's one shot in the far away um, where Gordy's character looked a little more full-figured. Um, and I I went and I Googled it, and they actually used female, small female stunt women uh, to run on the trestle. The kids did not actually run on it because they were that, too young.
0: That is funny. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, And that's a good eye on your part because that's something... And I, I never, I
1: never noticed it before. I just happened to be, I, I just happened to catch it on the, the laptop screen, because um, I'm watching it much closer than you know the first time I watched it on the TV with the VHS.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see, I see. Yeah, I think what I was laughing at too was uh, Jerry O'Connell's just scared uh, expression. I don't know why I thought that was funny, um, but I mean, obviously he played a scared little kid running away from a train <laughs> pretty well. But for some reason I started to giggle and I have no idea why.
1: Well, there's <laughs> a no- little bit of a dark backstory on that one. Um, they were having difficulty getting the shot that the kids weren't um, acting scared enough.
2: Mm-hmm. So it
1: ended up that um, Rob Reiner had, to, he, he got really angry and he was yelling at them. And
0: oh Jesus!
1: That that final take was after he had gotten up and screamed at them and told them they weren't doing their jobs, and it got pretty intense. And that's when they got the shot.
0: Oh wow! Oh, but wow. that
1: that all came out of me googling um, how they 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 did the train scene.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of just uh, uh, child abuse worked in that situation. Well,
1: you know, it was.
0: It was the '80s. That kind of thing was allowed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was belittled and yelled at by many uh, coaches growing up, Mm -hmm. so that was the norm. Damn it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So I mean, and and probably Jerry O'Connell looks back on it now and uh, with fondness. I mean, he probably. I mean, that was actually Jerry O'Connell hasn't been in anything good since. Sorry, he just hasn't. Uh, Doesn't I mean,
1: he show up on Big Bang Theory every now and then?
0: Yeah, I think he does. But, I mean, I remember the first Scream movie I liked, and the only other Scream movie I watched uh, in that series after that was Scream 2, and I thought it was kind of okay. He was in that movie as uh, Nev, the Nev Campbell's uh, boyfriend. Oh, Okay and he was so bad in that i mean like really really bad um and then years later he was in um a movie that has been panned by critics and it's terrible i've seen it called kangaroo jack i don't know if you've ever seen that uh my son miles watches it all the time ironically cuz it's so bad <laughs> but and that's the last thing i and that was like 2001 and that's the last thing i remember seeing jerry o'connell uh in he ended up marrying a hot actress uh rebecca uh, room, uh she was the yeah she was the one that played uh, mystique in the first X-Men movies. Yeah, they ended up and I believe I believe they've been married for quite a while now. So so me, yeah. Yeah. So and I don't watch the Big Bang Theory uh very often oh. so I'll take your word on it that he's probably uh, I
1: it's one of those things if I can't sleep at night there's always reruns. So yeah. I'll pop those on.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah good. Um that scene where River Phoenix uh starts to cry when he's talking with gory that scene is, i thought was phenomenal and come to find out his crying was real he started to think about something really really sad in his life and that's what we see and actually after the scene was done he still uh, continued to cry uh, he he got himself worked up that much which is incredible incredible. Mm -hmm. And it really, really works. And for someone so young to be able to do that, I thought was, uh, I was just like, wow. Wow.
1: Yeah. That was an intense scene.
0: Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah. And,
1: and the scene where, um, well, uh, Gordy, when he, after they found the body Mm -hmm. and, uh, the gang is trying to take it when he comes up with the gun he looked like a psychopath when he was holding that. Yeah, he did. That, he did. That's where I think his acting turned around. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um,
1: that, that, was, that was well done. Um, if that kid was looking at me that way and holding a gun, I'd be like, okay, dude, do what you want. I'm out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and come to find out, um, before that scene was shot, none of the boys had seen the body yet. Uh, Rob Reiner wanted to keep it as authentic and that curiosity with the boys alive and which was really a good way to approach that. So the first time they're lifting the sticks off the boys body, that's the first time those actors actually see it. And I remember being afraid uh, of that scene back when I first saw it. Like, oh my god, because everyone was like, the body looks so real. Now looking at it, it just seems kind of like a normal thing to see in movies. <laughs> there's really no shock value to it, but I do remember there being a little bit of a shock value to it. Uh, uh, back when yeah, I first saw Yeah, because there's the
1: whole buildup about going to see the dead body and, you know, he was hit by a train. He's been there for days. In the movie, there's definitely that that build. Um,
0: yeah, exactly. And and it works. I mean, uh, and before that, there's one other scene I wanted to bring up. Uh, that scene where they uh, start horsing around in the mud puddle and they come up with leeches. Oh, yes. I guess uh, Stephen King has said that that's actually something.
1: That's based something... on actual yeah. experience. Yeah.
0: Except... Uh, I... So, and this is where Will Wheaton, I thought, was good. When he looks in his underwear and uh, finds a, <laughs> uh, a leech on his balls, um, I thought he played that scene pretty well. Uh, he did. Yeah, yeah. He faints uh, really
1: well. <laughs>
0: it does, yeah. Like Round and Third said, right on the PECA. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Of course, he's 12 years old, but I don't think I would have reacted like that if I had a leech on my uh, pecker. Uh, I, I,
1: would I, I don't know. I be think i screaming I'd be, and jumping involved.
0: I, I, I'd be screaming and jumping because I had leeches on me. But the, <laughs> I think I'd just be kind of like I I'd just pick off the one off my pecker without passing out and without freaking out about it more than I already was. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course, then I'd have to deal with the humiliation of my friends going back to junior high, who would be like, ah, Matt had a,
2: a leech on his
0: pecca."
1: You should have seen it. I can hear Alan saying that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I'd never live it down. I would never live nope. it down. I'd always be known as the kid who had a leech on his back. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Rounding third. Yeah. What, what would you have let the leech finish? No, no.
2: <laughs> oh, that's oh. Funny.
0: So I think that pretty much covers the movie, but, uh, well, Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to mention. So as Kiefer Sutherland, the bullies kind of leave because Will Wheaton's holding the gun. Um, it's one of those things that I bet those kids got the shit kicked out of them like a day or two later after that uh and it's never really talked about but i mean uh, Kiefer sutherland was pissed you know Uh, so if
1: i'm recalling the novella correctly they did in the short story
0: they did yeah yeah
1: i believe they took a beat down
0: yeah yeah which would explain it and yeah Kiefer
1: sutherland plays a really his his uh his death stares are, are pretty good in that movie.
0: Yeah. It, and I'm glad you brought that up because these are two movies where Kiefer Sutherland actually shows that he can act. Yes. Uh, He was good in both movies, uh, Mm -hmm. which it's, uh, I mean, I guess he he was, he had a good TV series in 24, but it's hard to remember a really good movie that Kiefer Sutherland was in after the late eighties or so. It's like uh, uh I it's almost like I almost believe he could have just been a really good leading man in a lot of movies, but who knows what his attitude be- uh, became like after these movies were popular and all that. Maybe yeah, he, and he
1: had a few clunkers with like flatliners and stuff like that. Yeah, so that it, did, it, that didn't it, help his his market, marketability. <laughs>
0: right. Then he was also a young man. Right, he was also in Young Guns, and looking back on that that movie, oh, yeah,
1: I forgot about those movies.
0: Yeah, actually, that might be a good one to watch for one of these episodes because I did like that at the time. But I bet that movie, if we watch it now, would like make fun of it. Uh,
2: of course, uh, uh, left, right,
0: <laughs> upside down, and sideways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, after I watched this movie, I was like. Pleasantly surprised at how good it was and how well it does hold up. Not only that, I almost think this could be in the top 10 of my favorite movies of all time, which I wasn't aware of that until watching it just now.
1: I would agree. I really appreciated the movie. um, And I definitely... Would watch it again.
0: Yep. Yeah, I would too.
1: Absolutely watch it again. Um, mm-hmm. The performances really were solid. They hold up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely not a waste of two hours.
0: Uh, not at all. Not at all. And it did make me think uh, River Phoenix, who, of course, oh, died in the early yeah. 90s. It, I can't... Uh, I n- I've never seen my own private Idaho, uh, the, and the only other movie I remember seeing him in was the Indiana Jones and uh, The Last Crusade at the beginning where he played a young Indiana Jones mm-hmm. running through the train Uh mm-hmm. And that was an action scene, so uh, which was good. But I mean, I think it was you could have put almost anyone in that scene, but they put him in there because he was River Phoenix, that uh, recognizable name. And he looked good. Uh, But I, I don't remember anything. But I other than those two movies, I don't believe I've I remember seeing him in anything else. Do you?
1: I saw him in another one. Um, oh, oh, gosh! Oh wait, um, he wasn't. It was like a adventure one. Um, also with Harrison Ford. Okay. Um, Mosquito Coast.
0: Oh, okay. Yes, and I had never seen that one. And that one was. Uh... That one was critically acclaimed uh, from, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, the, this, oh, there was also a comedy that he was in that was pretty bad uh, that I believe I did see.
1: I don't remember seeing him in any comedies. I did remember the, the I did see my own private Idaho. I was you, dark. Was
0: it it was terrible you said?
1: No, it was dark.
0: Oh, it was dark. Oh, okay. Dark. dark. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um there yeah.
0: Okay. I think okay. No, I'm thinking of another actor. Okay. So I guess those are the only two I'm looking at his Wikipedia page now. Uh those are the on, those were the only two movies that I had seen him in. So, uh yeah. Yeah. Um died of an overdose of cocaine and heroin. So Hollywood just got a hold of him and uh he yeah, I- yeah. in a bad way. So that's kind of sad. That's kind of yeah, sad.
1: It, it's um not uncommon.
0: It's uh, yeah, it's uh yeah, yeah, it's true. I it's mean, true.
1: A lot of young actors don't make it. Heath Ledger.
0: Right. Right.
1: And Philip Seymour Hoffman also that's,
0: that's right as we were talking about earlier yeah yeah yeah, yeah good but okay, yeah
1: so, um, i'm glad I, I rewatched it i enjoyed it so thank you matt for bringing it up
0: uh, absolutely absolutely well it makes me and we'll do another one of the actually we we'll, as long as you're interested we'll do these uh uh every so often uh i do have it's interesting because we're going to do better off dead uh mm-hmm another movie, and I couldn't find it streaming on any site. You can't find it anywhere. And the video rental store down the road didn't have it because somebody stole it. And, and uh,
1: yeah, I think there's a little more, to It literally does not – well, I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but um, I did watch it.
0: You did watch it. Okay, so we'll save it for another episode. We'll
1: save
0: it. <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting is um, a guy I work with who I don't know if he's listened to the podcast before, and I don't know if I I mentioned it. I did a little video for Twitter and Instagram, and I'm not friends with him on either. But he came up to me yesterday, and he goes, uh, a little birdie told me that you're looking uh, for the movie Better Off Dead? Well, I have a copy. And I'm like, oh my god, I love you! Can you bring it in on Monday? He's like, sure. It's like, so uh, there you go. So I'll probably be watching it next week sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll be curious. That's a movie I watched a lot back in the day, and I thought it was awesome. And at one point, I said, oh, that's gonna easily be in my top ten. So I'm like, well, I, I don't know. So I, I'm at the. It's I been so never long seen now.
1: It. So I don't have any nostalgia around it. So I I will withhold my comments until you watch it again. (laughs) Uh, Okay.
0: Very good. Excellent. Excellent. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks. This is fun. And thank you. Thank you. Um, One thing that I really enjoy about you and I have enjoyed just through uh, some kind of uh, less formal conversations uh, uh, during these podcasts is I, how knowledgeable you are about some movies and uh, how good you are about making movie uh, recommendations. So I really appreciate you oh. uh, doing this with me. And uh, uh, cool. yeah, yeah. All and right, looking yeah, at these movies. So, yeah, it is fun. Yeah. And looking at the movies so thoroughly as well. So great. Great. All
1: right.
0: Hey, have a good night. Have a safe trip back to uh, Oregon tomorrow.
1: Yes. Yes. Back to Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different okay. world. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: And, all right. Thanks, Matt.
0: Okay. Best of luck to you. Have a good night. See
1: you. And thank
0: and thank you, uh, everybody else. I will be live here on Tuesday with uh, a. I'll be back to my regular Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time show. It'll just be a normal kind of hot mess show that I uh, that I am known for. So please tune in for that. And uh, love you all. Until next time.
2: Have a good evening.